Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. But the first thing on a more serious note, I want to talk about euthanasia. Uh, the Spanish Parliament voted through a law legislating that euthanasia, euthanasia today, making Spain one of the few nations to allow terminally ill or gravely injure, injured patients uh, end their own life of suffering. A priority uh, for the Socialist Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez, government, the law was drafted following public pressure generated by several high-profile cases, notably that of Raymond uh, San Pedro, uh, whose plight was immortalised in the Oscar-winning film, I don't know if you've seen it, The Sea Inside. I haven't seen the movie, but I'll have to go and watch it now. It was back out in, two th- it was out in 2004. The vote, which was passed by 202 in favour of 141, bit of a landslide, against the against and two absenteeisms in the 350-seat chamber, makes Spain the fourth European nation to do, decriminalise assisted suicide alongside the Netherlands, Belgium and Luxembourg. And the Spanish legislation would permit euthanasia in which medical staff intentionally end the life to relieve suffering and assisted suicide in which it is the patient who carries out the procedure. In other words, they press the button, so to speak. Now, various other countries permit assisted suicide as well as passive uh, euthanasia in which life-saving medical treatment is halted. In other words, do not resuscitate. Most of, a lot of countries actually allow, do, we allow do not resuscitate in this country. But last September, the doll debated here in Ireland a new bill which could legislate for assisted suicide or assisted dying, as we call it, in Ireland if it was passed into law. The bill, uh, which was tabled by People Before Profit, Gino, or TD Gino Kenny, aims to enable citizens to die with medical assistance if they are suffering from a terminal illness. Now, there has been a lot of controversy in relation to the bill that Gino brought in, i.e. there is no ages on it, i.e. there is no, um, there's no time limit. So the time limit, in other words, if you were given a terminal, uh, you know, a diagnosis for a terminal illness, you know, the doctor could say, well, I don't know how long it's terminal. You've got, say, cancer, for example, and it's terminal, but you could live for 10 years. You could live for 10 weeks. We don't know. And that can happen sometimes. And the bill doesn't allow any time limit. In other words, if the doctor says, well, I don't know, you could live 10 years, you could still go off and have assisted dying. So I want to know, are you in favour of it? Forget about rules and regulations around it. Do you believe a person has the right to be assisted in dying if they're incapable of doing it themselves? Because remember, of course, and I don't want to be too morbid about it, but suicide is not illegal. I wouldn't suggest anyone might ever do that. But it's not illegal. It was illegal in this country many, many years ago. But should somebody assisting you to die, should that be legal? There have been high court cases in this country of people who had assisted people to die. uh, And nearly at the moment, by the way, if you assist somebody to die, you will be charged with murder particularly if you plan it with them, um, you will be charged with murder. That's the way it stands in this country at the moment if you assist anybody to die, because it is murder in this country at the moment. But should that be changed? Should you be allowed to assist somebody? Give yourself a theoretical question in your head. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sister has a terminal illness. They're lying on a bed. And across the room, they're incapable. They're too weak. They're terminally ill. They've only got six, seven weeks to go. And across the room is two tablets and a glass of water. And they say to you, John, Mary, whatever your name is, will you please get me that glass of water and those two tablets? Because I don't have the energy to go over and do it. And can you put them into my mouth and pour it in the water? I want to die. Would you do it? That's assisted suicide. That's assisted dying. That's euthanasia. Would you do it? Would you be happy to do that? Morally, are you okay with that? 
if they request it. Now, of course, not against anybody's will. Nobody's suggesting that. But would you be happy enough to do that? Or do you think that's morally wrong? Some people, certainly from a religious perspective, believe that God is the only person that can take somebody's life. So let me know what you think. The number is 087188 Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Paul? Niall, I'm very well. How are you, sir? Good, Paul. Paul, I mean, well, Spain have now legalised it, along with many other countries in Europe. Ireland could be next. It all depends on the legislation or it all depends on if this bill goes through or not. Should we legalise it? Ireland will be next. That's, that's a given. Believe me on that one. I mean, when, when Leo Varadkar brought in, well, his party brought in gay marriage and abortion, I predicted, and I will put it out there, that the next thing will be um, is this, euthanasia. Is this a dying? And after that, mm-hmm. then they will put, uh, they will put uh, a P on the, um, on the end of the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Oh, I can't even name it. The, Which? The gay... LGBT. No, so have the, they have all the, the LGBT. The LGBT P for pedophile. That'll that'll come in as well. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I no. I don't. I don't think any society. I hope to God. No. 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 I. I think you're wrong, Paul. And I. And I don't think any society will ever believe that being a pedophile is acceptable. I don't believe any society. Now, in saying that, I'm not um, discounting the fact that they could reduce the age of consent. That is a strong possibility, certainly in the next ten years. But. I would imagine to 16, as it would be in the United Kingdom and several other countries. Germany is actually 15. So I'd imagine that will be addressed probably in the next 10 to 15 years. But I don't see that as a huge issue, because if we look, for example, at the statistics across Ireland, the age of where people first lose lose their virginity or have sex is 16 years of age. That's the average age. So that normally coincides with the age of consent. Mm -hmm. So I I don't see that as being a huge deal. But as for legalising paedophilia, there is nowhere... Well, there are some countries where certainly a blind eye is turned to it. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, but there is, no, there is nowhere that I'm aware of in the Western world, certainly, where paedophilia is legal or ever will be. We're not there yet, but we will be. Okay, well, well I, hope, I hope you're wrong on that one. Yeah, so do I. So do I. And I, don't, and I certainly uh, don't want the two of them to connect, by the way, LGBT yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just... just, just uh, I know, you were just putting a letter on it. Okay, but get, getting back to euthanasia, by the way, um, do you believe... Well, you do believe that's next. Do you agree with it? No, absolutely not. It's open to abuse now, to be honest about it. And what, what sort of abuse would you be concerned about? What's the main, the main sort of abuse that you'd be concerned about? Well, it's actually happening now. It's, it's happening all over. Hospitals, nurse homes, they're doing it anyway. In what, uh, in what so, respect? I mean, give me, well, they do. I mean, they give people morphine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I, I don't, do you see anything wrong with that, by the way? If, if I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. When people haven't got the, the, the ability or the... They wear it all to say no, they don't want it. And I well, would you rather see somebody, I mean, there are people who die in this country, and I don't want to get too morbid about the whole thing, who die of respiratory diseases or cancers mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be, and their organs are so badly broken down, they would be in excruciating pain if it wasn't for morphine. We know they're going to die. We know that, okay? Yeah. And they would be in excruciating pain, and all the morphine does is basically numbs everything. It is an overdose of morphine, because morphine will obviously damage the, the organs and make things worse and speed up the process of them dying. But at it least does. they will die with no pain. It does. Yeah, no, it does. It should stay on the organs. Of course, you know, yeah. And, uh, yes, you're right. They, it, you know, they will die. With, with, with certainly pain. a lot less pain, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, but that, you wouldn't you wouldn't that. disagree with Paul. That, that no, Paul. no, absolutely not. No. I wouldn't. But but in, from my own experience, and I'll just give you a, a short scenario on that. My dad was in a nursing home. I won't mention nursing home or anybody's name or anything like that. My dad was in a nursing home uh, for about a year, and um, one uh, New Year's Day 
two, two, three, two years ago, um, they couldn't wake him up. He went into deep sleep, basically. We were all called up, and um, we were told that, you know, this is the end, he's going to go, to everything, we've seen this before, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't believe it. I said, no, no, I don't agree with you. I'm sorry, I've you know, seen enough in the... How old, the, say, how old is he, pal? He was 74. Okay. And uh, I said, I've seen enough in my life and my, my experience, my job and everything else and that, that I, I, don't be- I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't believe it. So uh, we all went into the room, standing around his bed, and um, the doctor says, oh, it's amazing he survived this long. And we're sitting there, and I'm saying to the family, sorry, I just don't, don't believe in this. I don't, don't believe what they're telling us. Um, so we're there for about an hour, and all of a sudden, Dad woke up. He looked at everybody and said, what are you all doing here? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, I'm on my break. And I said, I come up to see you and you're asleep. So I'm off back to work. And that, and uh, off I went back to work. So I was right in what I believed. And, and is your dad uh, still with us? No, sadly. Well, this is the part I'm getting to. Okay. Three months later um, in March. Okay. No, actually two months later in February. And the same thing happened. He went into a deep sleep. And uh, my sister was called up. My brother-in-law was called up first. And one of the nurses told, uh, you know, we started him on morphine and uh, he was saying, what? Why we start him? I mean, my sister came up and she said, no, no, get him to hospital, get him to hospital. The nurse went mad and called the managing director of the nursing home who came up and started shouting at my sister. Uh, a big argument ensued, but my poor sister didn't know what to do or didn't know what to say. So they, she didn't, sadly, she didn't uh, let him go to a hospital where a real nurse and real doctors could have you know, there is, well, there is, there is, there is real doctors and real nurses that attend yeah, nursing homes, no, that no, attend no. nursing well, homes. From my experience, no, no, well, they no, do, no, well, they, sure. they, they do. They, I know a doctor who, and he, he works, he deals with nursing homes, and he would visit nursing homes on a daily basis, different nursing homes. So you know, he may not be in house, mm. but he is dealing with them because, unfortunately, the, you know, people sadly in nursing homes do have a litany of underlying conditions a lot of the time. No, absolutely, yeah. no, I, I totally. I and totally what was what was that. wrong with your dad, Paul? Nothing. Well, well when you say when you say nothing, something was wrong that he oh, well, that he, he was he, going he, into these deep taken, sleeps. He would taken, taken a stroke a year beforehand, okay, okay. and uh, so he, my mother, my mother was looking after my brother who had special needs and was brain damaged, and he had mm-hmm. his own problems in a hospital in Dublin, and um, so we were nursing him. So my dad took the stroke. We couldn't nurse both of them together in the same home, so he had to go into a nursing home. There was no choice in the matter. Uh, I will. I will say to you, Paul, that everybody who goes through the experience that grieving process of, of a father and mother dying, and I and I'm not discounting what you're saying or disrespecting what you're saying, but we all believe that something more could have been done or something else could have been done, and and that's not an unusual feeling, by the way. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. Not I'm not really... accepting that, that there isn't more they can do, but sometimes you know these are professionals. They're, uh, yeah. they're very familiar with what how the human body works and how human life works. And there is a point where it's unethical to continue to try to keep somebody alive. I totally agree with you. If mm. there was a problem, if there was a certain mm. problem with my dad, but yeah. in his case, uh, he just went into a deep sleep and they couldn't wake him up. And with the result, then they just start pumping him with morphine. With the result that they couldn't reverse it, they said his organs are breaking down now and we can't do anything about it. Well, one, once a lot of yeah, you can't. Once a lot of morphine is gone in, and a lot yeah, of damage that, gets that, done. But in me. saying that, you said he did go into a deep sleep. When you say a deep sleep, I mean he couldn't be woken. If somebody's well, yeah, in a deep sleep and can't be woken, there's something very wrong, Paul, isn't there? Yeah, but, but the same and by the way, Paul, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. No, 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 listen, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take that now at all. I you know, respect you. As a, I actually love the show. I love you. I love your staff. And I, I listen to you every day and every night. And I respect you totally. I never take offence to anything you have to say. But this is my experience. And this particular nurse 
um, who was not Irish. And the reason I say not Irish, because I think Irish people have more respect for life than Europeans. You think that's so? From my experience, yes, that's from my experience. Europeans will just will just they'll, European nurses, uh, from my experience, just do not care. They don't have the same compassion, the same respect, the same love as Irish people would for their own people. And yeah, I, I know. I know other people would disagree. Okay, there's other people who disagree with that opinion. And I know, that, but that, and, and you're entitled to your view in it. But I, I mean, when I look at say the Italian health system, for example, they seem to care desperately about people. You know, oh, they do. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I. I I, and like when you look at Ireland, by the way, our health service, you know, the, the majority of, well, I say the majority, are, the majority are not Irish, probably. <laughs> and when you, when you look at the main hospitals of this country, a lot yeah. of them would be Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Um, and without them, we'd be snookered. Yeah. We would have no health service. Yeah, I know. So, well, you know, we've got to be thankful and they're not Irish. And I think oh, well, they ca- and I think they care tremendously about the Irish. They, I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe the Irish health ser- service is a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. But in okay. saying that, that's not due to the people, the doctors and nurses that work in it. Yeah. I think they are caring people. I think they work incredibly, de- under difficult circumstances, incredibly hard. I just believe the administration and the way the whole thing is run is a disaster. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree with you. So, I'm in the, I'm in, the I'm in my work scenario, I'm sort of on the, in that bracket, not in the health service, but in another area. I won't go into where mm-hmm. I am, but I'm in another area. And I see it all the time. I deal with doctors all the time. I deal with nurses all the time. I deal with nursing homes and, you know... And, uh, and the nursing so, homes are a problem, right? Because there are some really good nursing homes, but there's some really bad ones too. Exactly. And, yes, yes, yes. and you know, and your mum or dad in some of the bad ones are just a number. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. in other words, when they pop their clogs and they're gone, they're making room for somebody else to get money off. And, yeah, I, under, exactly. and I understand that's the way a lot of private nursing homes work, but not yeah. all of them. A lot of them do care. You know, I think, it, I think it depends on the individuals that are running them. That's it, yeah, yeah. So we, because we've seen some of the expose programs that have been done on them, but but getting getting back to, I suppose, euthanasia. If somebody is terminally ill and they're told they've five or six weeks to live, and we're sure of that, let's say they've pancreatic cancer or whatever it is, and they mm. and they're going downhill rapidly. Like a mate of mine was a perfectly healthy person. Six weeks later, he was dead from cancer. Right, so they're going downhill rapidly, and they turn doctor and say, "Look, you're three or four weeks, you're going to be in great pain." And that person of sound mind says. I'd rather not hang around for that six or seven weeks or whatever it happens to be. I don't want to be in great pain. I don't want to be that in that situation. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, what, why would you not allow somebody to assist them to medically die? I mean, because don't make it wrong. They can go out of the hospital and kill themselves if they want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but why would you not allow, you know, the medical intervention to do that in a peaceful and dignified manner? Because I think it will be abused now. I mean, I, I look back at the... I look, one of my favourite topics and subjects is the Second World War, and I look back at the Nazi eugenics programme in 1934, where they killed 400, or sorry, 300,000 special needs, handicapped, uh, schizophrenic, you know, mentally disabled, depressed people, murdered by the Nazis under their idea of eugenics or mm-hmm. you know euthanasia. Basically, they killed them all off, and we would, you know, if if this law, if this was made law in Europe. It would be used and abused, no end. Totally used and abused, no end. And do you, do you think it's a value? Do you think it's a value the elderly? Well, absolutely, devalues the elderly. That's the whole idea. So it's the elderly more, people believe, gosh, I'm going to be a burden on people here. I better get yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah. Not even they, they won't even have the choice in the matter. No, they, well, they, they won't even have. Well, the uh, well, under the current legislation that's been planned, they would have a choice because nobody, 
I, there's no country at the moment that allows euthanasia or assisted dying or assisted suicide without the permission of the person of sound mind. Yeah, that's, that's how it starts off. Well, but, see, but yeah, but you're, you know, you're kind of doing a bit of the sky falling in there, Paul. You, I mean, oh. for example, for example, when, when we talked to, you know, marriage equality or gay marriage, as you called it at the start, yeah. there was a lot of people had the argument, oh, that's the end of it now, oh, it's all, we're all doom and gloom. And, but sure, nothing happened, really. You know what I mean? What happened? A few people who loved each other got married. Yeah. Nothing really yeah. happened. Yeah, but look at the abortion issue. The abortion is brought in. No, no, it'll only be for special, special circumstances and that. And the Irish people will not be with the bill. Well, you know what, Paul? That's the Irish people's fault. With the greatest respect, they, they knew what was in... Hang on. I blame, if, you're not, if you don't agree with us, the, the people who don't agree with us, I blame the people of the country. Because we live in a democracy... Yeah. The cards were on the table. It wasn't just about those rare cases. Um, everybody knew that there was a twelve-week thing in it, that, and there was no re- because it was quite clearly uh, stated that the legislation would be that there wouldn't be no reason up to the, up to twelve weeks, and mm. people still voted for it. Some guy actually came on the air after it when it was voted through and everything, and told me that he didn't even know what he was voting for. So if we've got a population in this country who had no idea what they were actually voting for, well, they've no one to blame but themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? 100% agree with you, Noel. And I, you know, a lot of my family don't go out and vote. They don't bother to get up, up off their backsides to go out and vote for anything. And I blame them as well for it. And I, I mm. say to them, you know, yeah, I say, well, you're responsible for every baby that dies in this country. Well, um, you know, you're responsible for it because you used Well, you, see, you use the word baby. Some people who are yeah. pro-choice obviously would use the word unborn child mm. or fetus well, or whatever the word I mean, they want to use. I, I think I've used this term with you before, Noel. If you murder a pregnant woman, that's called double homicide. But if a woman aborts her baby, it's called just getting rid of a blob. I mean, I've held my 14-week-old daughter in my hand. Less the size of my, the palm of my hand, I've seen her little fingers, her little toes, her, know, lips, her ears. And it's else. wonderful. And Creation saying, life is amazing. Not, not, absolutely not a blob. 14 weeks, not a blob. So that idea, I mean, how can they, how can they say if you kill a woman, if a woman is murdered, a pregnant woman is murdered, it's double homicide. And yet, if they abort a child, it's just getting rid of a little blob. You know, it doesn't make well, sense. I, yeah, I, and, and that is certainly the attitude of some people, and not all, everybody, by the way. And a lot of people who are even pro-choice wouldn't describe it in the manner you described it. But, but it is the attitude, certainly, of somebody who would be hardline yeah. in favour of abortion. But I, we've gone off on tangents. Let's get back to euthanasia. Let's stay there for a second, because, Carol, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Carol? Hi, how are you? Carol, um, if it was put to you in a referendum, and it won't be, by the way, even we don't need a referendum for this. This could be put through, uh, you know, in the doll itself, this bill. Uh, do you agree with assisted suicide or assisted death? I would death? be out campaigning for it would if you? it was going for a referendum. I would be 100% behind it. Right. Like, I, I am a cancer patient, or I was, I'm yeah. clear for now. And, like, I'm only 41, so I'm, I'm not an older... I'm middle now. Yeah. Um, and I have seen so many of my friends who are in the same situation die and yeah. die not nice deaths from it. Yeah. And if it was me, and this is something we've spoken, I've spoken to my husband about and my family and stuff, um, what will happen if I get to that point is I will say goodbye to everybody one night and they'll all have to leave and I will do it myself. But that's suicide. That's suicide. Yeah. Well, I, if, if the case was there, I would like... You would like to have medical intervention to do it peacefully. 
Yes, I no, I would, I would overdose. <laughs> you know, anyway. Well, I, so I don't want to be hearing the methods on the air, okay? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I get the general gist of it. Yes. Yeah, but like, I would like to be able to do it with my husband with me, and my obviously not my children; they're a bit small. But like, if my sisters wanted to be with me or my mum when I eventually went, yeah, I would like to have the option for them to be there. If if the bill doesn't go through, I will have to die by myself. Whereas if I was getting very, 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 very sick, I wouldn't want my family to see me like that. I wouldn't want them to suffer with me like that. You heard, what, well, you heard yeah, like but you heard that. what Paul says that, and I understand the point he's making, and this is the main argument against assisted suicide, is that it devalues not just people who are elderly, those with disabilities, or those who are terminally ill. In other words, that they feel what you've just said. You don't want to be a burden on other people. We, we should never feel like we're a burden on other no, people. No, yes and no, right? So, again, I've kind of... I mean, can, can I ask you a question? Sorry for interrupting your car, but yeah, do you, go do, ahead. is your mum and dad still with us? Uh, my dad is dead. My mum's still here. Okay, so when you're, do you remember when your dad died? My dad died in an accident, so it was kind oh. of different. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. Okay, the point I was trying to make was, you know, and people who may, may have had an elderly parent sick in hospital and they had to go up and visit them all the time and, and, and they wanted them. Did any of those people ever think their mum and dad was a burden on them? I don't Never. think they did. Or if they were yeah. caring for them at home, for example, if you're caring for an elderly person at home, you may have to change nappies, you may have to clean them, you may have to bath them. Are they a burden on you? Most people tell you, absolutely not. I want them to live forever. So what I'm saying to you is, people should never feel like they're a burden, but you're saying to me you would feel like a burden. It's not that I'd feel like a burden on them, but I just wouldn't want them to see me suffer. And I wouldn't want to suffer. Like, for me, I wouldn't want me to suffer. You know, and Mm. if it was my mum, I wouldn't want her to suffer. If she decided today was her day... I would be okay with that. And I would, if she asked me to hand her the two tablets and the glass of water, I would do it. It'd break my heart because I love the bones of the woman, but I'd do it for her. I mean, Paul, that was the question I asked at the start, the hypothetical question. And Paul, your dad is obviously not with us. He, he, no. he passed away. But is your mum still with us? She is, yeah. Okay, and if your mum was unwell, and she said to you, there's, two gla- there's a glass of water and two tablets over there. I want to go now, Paul. I don't want to be hanging around. I don't want to be in pain. Will you, will you pour that into my mouth there and pop them two tablets in? Would you do it? No, no, definitely not. No, I couldn't do it. Absolutely. That's murder. Well, it is, well legally murder. in this country, it is murder. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if the law was changed to allow it, would you do it? It's still, it's still murder. I mean, you know, Chris, we talked about it ourselves. Yeah, Sorry, it's, no. a, it's okay, Dave. That was a long time ago now, Paul. <laughs> You're going back Sorry, a long no. time there now. <laughs> Sorry, Noel. You, you and I have spoken before. You know my Christian and my belief system. And yeah. So, murder is murder. I can't... I, but is there, but is there no, no exceptions to no that, Paul? There's no, is there no work around it for you? I know you're a Christian. No, no. Unfortunately, there isn't. Unfortunately, I'm also there a Christian. Isn't. And no, no, if you're willing to kill yourself, you aren't. I'm sorry. You are not a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you shall not murder. The, the law says you shall not murder. The, you know, and even killing yourself, taking your own life is murder. You're murdering yourself. You don't have the right to. Well, the, well, the, the Catholic, well, the Catholic the Church don't accept that now. Well, I mean, we, we, it was illegal many years ago, and I don't want to get too yeah. morbid on people, but it was illegal no, no, many no, years no. ago to kill yourself in this country, but not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, listen, because that, that put a stigma judged. to it, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, nobody's judge. I'm only going by what... what no, I know, I know. You're going by what the Bible says. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't detract from that and I can't take away... But, but as well as, as well as what the Bible says, I understand you follow the teachers of the Bible, that's fine. But what about what Paul thinks? 
and I've always had this argument with people who are Christians, and I and again I'm not meaning to be disrespectful. You read the Bible, you follow the rules of the Bible, and that's fine, and I respect that. But what does Paul think? Not what the Bible thinks. What does Paul think? What do I think? Yeah. Not what the Doesn't Bible the Bible what? says it's murder, but what does yeah. Paul think? Yeah, I have to go by what God says. If I you don't, don't have to go by what God says all the time. Well, do you? I don't have to, but if I, if I I'm sure don't, you, I'm sure you don't in your know, life. You don't, you don't have to face him someday. You're going to have to stand before Yeah, him, yeah, but I mean, you don't, you don't live your life every single minute of the day going by what God says. I do. I, well, well no, you try, you try. Perfect. I'm not perfect, yes. No, no absolutely. Yeah. I'm far from perfect. Uh, but, um, no, but I, you know, I can't turn around on a radio station and say, well, yeah, this is what I think, and I think this is, you know, and say... Because God has said, already said it. You shall well, here's it. an interesting one, and I, and I really don't mean to disrespect Christian system, but Kev makes a really good point here. And he says, Jesus committed suicide, didn't he? Um, he chose to die. Is that not suicide? Not for the Creator. But he did, did Jesus, according to the Bible, he, yeah. he chose to die for mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So he made a decision to die. Well, he was God. But what I'm saying is, but he still made the decision to die. But he had a cho- he had the choice to do it and he chose to do it. That's right. Yeah. So but is that is that not suicide by, by definition? No, but it wasn't murder. Because he, he there was a mission, there was a he had to do it. If he didn't do it, there's no way any of us could get into heaven. That's the reason why he did what he did, because without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness. But he still it doesn't matter what the reason was, he still did it, didn't he? But he had to do it. He had to, for us, he had to do it. It wasn't that he was doing it for his own sake or mm. for himself or, you know, because of, you know, some, because he was in pain with cancer, as that lady said and everything else. He wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for okay. us. Okay. Well, but Car- Carol, do you understand the Christian position? I do. I am actually Christian. I'm a Catholic and I would, I wouldn't be quite like Paul there, but I do have a belief system and... Well, according to him, you can't be Christian and believe that assisted suicide is okay. Because it's murder, oh. as far as the Bible is concerned. Assisting I don't know the, about that. Well, that would be the, the Bible's teachings to assist somebody else to die is murder. Well, in in my in my head, being a Christian is about trying to be the best person you can be and be as do the right thing. You know, helpful to people and be nice and you know be kind and that would be that would be my belief system. It might not necessarily follow the Bible strictly, but. And to allow That's somebody to I die think. in a dignified fashion, you believe, is being Christian and is being... Isn't, I, yeah. I, I do think that the kindness to some people, I genuinely do. Like, because I, if a neighbour of mine died in October and looking at him was heartbreaking. And looking at his family, looking at him was, like, horrendous. It was so, so sad. And he was in pain and he wasn't himself. And he wasn't, he wasn't okay. And he could have gone a couple of weeks earlier when he was kind of okay and he wasn't in pain. And it would have been so much easier on him and on his family. Mm-hmm. If I that was his with, choice, I, don't get me wrong, if that was his choice, I'm not saying you're, they're ill, they should be made do it. But if that's what he chose to do, he should be allowed to do it. I agree with Carol saying in, 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 in certain respects, and I do, I do feel, you know, the compassion and, you know, I would love, I would love to say, yes, it's okay to go with that. It's okay to put people out of misery. It's okay to do it. I mean, I have a brother who 10 years ago um, got double pneumonia and was in a certain Dublin hospital and a particular nurse in the ward he was on was totally, totally anti-handicapped children, special needs children. And she 
And I've, in my job, I've dealt with people who've experienced this particular woman. And every time I've talked to different people, I've said, I've asked them what hospital it was, I've asked them what ward it was on, and then I've mentioned the person, and they were all gobsmacked that I knew about this person. But I experienced this person through my own brother. And her attitude was, they should be put out of misery, they shouldn't be allowed to live. She told one woman, your brother's dead now, there's no need for a post-mortem. If I seen your brother choking to death, I wouldn't help him. This is a, this is a nurse in a Dublin hospital. A, 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 a staff nurse on a, an award in charge of this particular ward. That's and not this okay. Is the oh, of course, no, absolutely. You know, this is going on, shouldn't this is be going doing on that job. Years. Absolutely. This, mm-hmm. this is going on for years with this particular woman. I've heard a well, lot I of have noise. two special needs children, so I do kind of understand no, absolutely. how you feel about that. Both of my children my, have autism. My, 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 brother, my brother at the moment is, is brain damaged because of this particular woman. He's, he's in a bed. Um, we do night shifts with him, 24-hour care, suctioning. He's a tracky uh, so he can't tell us where he used to be able to talk and everything else. He can't tell us if um, if he's in pain. Uh, you have to judge everything by his whether it, there's a lot of suction involved or not a lot of suction involved. There's a lot of mm. different ways. Of, and it, this has gone on ten years, and this is because of this woman. And I okay, well, okay, but that that's obviously your opinion that you believe that it was because of that. But, but okay, we'll say I, we're going off the subject a little bit again, Paula. Sorry, is no. I, I would love to be able to believe that it will be easy for me to go and just put something into him, give him, give him tablets into, into his, his, um, his peg feed to, to allow him to die with dignity. But I can't do it. I cannot do it. Okay, well, stay there, stay there for a second. Um, I want to go to James. James, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, James? Good evening to you, Niall. How are you again? Uh, nice to talk to you, James. I hope you, that leg will get better for you. Hey, I don't know. What's wrong with my leg? put you down. <laughs> <laughs> can't kill a good thing, James. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, one thing about me, Niall, if I, if I got to that position, I, there'll be no shortage of candidates to assist me. Yeah. To, to go, you know? Yeah, but there'll be, what, there'll be a queue, will there? Well, yeah, queue, <laughs> Ah, James, I don't agree with that. I think you're a good man. <laughs> I can assure you. I think there'll be a queue to save you. My neighbours, some of my family, Niall. <laughs> there'll be a queue to save you, James. We oh, love no, you. No, no, Niall. No. Ah, no, uh, Paul, I agree with a lot of what Paul has said, Niall, and one thing I do agree with, with him is this is going to happen, Niall. No, it is. No, it is going to happen. Oh, yes, yes. This is, this is in some form or another. Liberal agenda now, which is all pervasive in the society now. I'm genuinely, genuinely, and I, I know I'm supposed to say it because I'm on radio and I'm supposed to be impartial and all that kind of stuff, right? But I'm genuinely on the fence. I, I don't know whether it's right or wrong because I agree with Paul about how it could be abused, or I, and I also agree with how it could make elderly people feel worthless in some way or feel that maybe their time has come I should just go now you know without being a burden on people but I also agree with Carol to some degree that I would rather see if I was in that position I would rather die with dignity than die miserable and you know in pain now I know don't get me wrong palliative care do a great job at making sure people are not in too much pain but sometimes that's unavoidable well we have palliative care here in Cork to call Mary Mountain Island Many people have gone there and they're brilliant there now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not suggesting for a minute they aren't brilliant. But unfortunately, you know, some people will die in pain and they will have a long, drawn out death. Well, and for I some people, that's just not something they want. And I don't want that in my life. I'd, I'd like to go like my father. I, I, th- I would have to disagree with you now. I, I want to go in my sleep. They manage pain now very, very well. They really can now. My, my father had a heart attack in the middle of the night in his sleep and he just didn't wake up the next morning. So that's the way I want to go. Oh, yes. 
we'd all like to go that way now. Yeah. But the thing is, as I said, this this I'm not surprised, of course, where this is coming from, being driven by Gino Kenny again mm. from the left now. The abortion referendum, as Paul said earlier on, was driven from the left now by the boy well, ballots. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but they're all... They, I mean, I'm, I'm, why does that surprise you? They are, obviously, it's... Well, they call it progression. They are all liberal agendas. And, and you know, and much of the country are liberally minded. And that's what I said. That's what I said. And uh, as Paul said earlier on, it's going to happen now. Because... What well, are you, well, are you and Paul... Maybe not so much me, but are you and Paul like people would refer to you to as dinosaurs who are not willing who are not willing to let the, the country progress? Paul is a lot younger than me. Ah, he is younger than you. Yeah, this is, he's younger than me too. But are but are you not? See, James, what I'm saying to you is, and I often feel sometimes like maybe. I'm a little bit old in my thinking around certain things that maybe I'm a little bit of a fuddy-duddy, maybe I'm a little bit conservative and I kind of pull back a little bit and I say, well, maybe I should be letting the kids take over. When I say the kids, you know, the 21, the 25-year-olds, the ones that were all out, you know, the pro-choicers and, and the gay marriage people and everybody else because it's their country. They're, I'm not going to be here for as long as them. James, you said it yourself, you're going off the coil soon too. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I, I won't be... I know, Ashley's I know Ashley's given... Now, hang on, hang on, James. Ashley's Thing is given out to me. James said it himself a while ago. I know that upsets you to hear me say that, but James accepts the fact that he's not going to be here for the next twenty years. No, no, no. No, how old are you now, James? Again? Oh, I'm in my seventies now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and I'm fifty-seven. I've got about another thirty years left of me, maybe at the most, probably. Right? Yeah, but what with that leg? But in saying that, would we not just step aside? And, never and step okay. aside and let no, the sir, younger I, people I, I, decide I, I, what sort of country they want. I'd be gone now. What? I'd be gone if I'd stopped. To, uh, stopped uh, I mean, if I stopped, even my daughter said to me, you should add your tour for the Nile Bar. I said, no, no. The day I stop getting interested in things, then I'll be gone now. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be gone straight away. I mean, Paul, you're, you're, you're not that old, Paul. I'd say, Paul, you're in your 40s, are you? <laughs> so I wish. <laughs> what <laughs> age are you, Paul? Okay, all right. Well, okay. Well, the, well, the three of us, um, realistically, we, you know, I'm, so I'm not going to bring Carol into this because I never ask a lady her age, but I don't think Carol is too old. I'm no. 41. Okay, well, you're younger. Than, yeah, okay, yeah. you're younger than the three of us. So, yeah. I mean, even Carol as well. It's time, is it not? You know, is it not that time that we turn around and we say, okay, we're not okay with this, but it's their country. You know, the 25, the 30 year olds. It's their country. They're the ones who are going to have to live with this and live with all these ideas and these ways of living. You know, just like our fathers and grandfathers before us lived in a very different world where they thought some of the stuff that we do now would never happen. I don't think Joe Biden would agree with you. Uh, uh, Joe Biden Absolutely wouldn't agree. Absolutely not. No, you can't <laughs> give it over to them because, I mean, gee, if we give it over to them now, we'll be in a, we'll be in a worse state in, in, in a year than we are now. I mean, you can't I give it over to young people. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying you don't put up a fight. I mean, you know, I'm not suggesting that. Sorry, Carol. I mean, that we all kind I mean, of need to agree on. It's not just for one generation, because, like, this particular issue will affect the older generation more than it will affect the 25-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, it will. So I think they need to have a good say in it, you know. Yeah, but there's always like, going to be, no, no matter when you want to talk about this, there's always going to be an older generation. So it won't make any difference if we talk about it now or in 50 years' time. The will, yeah. but, but, but there's, a, there's a, I mean, you know, from, from my perspective, from reading in the, my reading of the Bible, God says, woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And we are in a generation now where they're calling good evil and they're calling evil good. 
those of us who have morals are... Uh-huh. Oh, no, I'm an evil person on Twitter, I believe. I'm led to believe. I'm led to believe I'm an evil person on Twitter. I'm not. I'm just conservative. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. See, this, this is what I'm saying. Though. Those of us who have morals <laughs> and who have standards and who have, you know, want uh, the good for the nation and for the people and everything else, we're, we're dinosaurs, we're nobodies, we should be got rid of. And if they have the, the way with this thing, we will be got rid of. And those who are progressives are bringing in... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me let me let me just put that to Carol. Carol. Okay, Carol. We can't just keep saying yes to everything. I mean, the whole idea of democracy, and I I get democracy, but we can't just keep saying yes to everything. Okay, so I will be quite progressive for like, uh, but I also have quite high morals, so I would be like a mix of both there. Mm. Um, like I believe in marriage, I believe in family. I, you know, I would be quite moral in how I live. Yeah, but. I also believe that it, without progression, we're just going to grind to a halt. And I think things do need to change, especially in this country. Okay, so James, um, would you accept that, James? Uh, the one thing I, 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 I was thinking just there now, now, I was thinking of Vicky Phelan. She was on the television there yep. recently on the Late Late Show. Yep. And I was watching her going through what she's going through, the, the desperation to keep alive now. And she's gone to America now for the next six months, away from her family. And luckily enough, she has that conversation, compensation she got now. Yeah. And of course, the, 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 the treatment in America is usually expensive. But she's going through it. It's tough, tough, tough. And she's hanging on, hanging on for that only maybe a few years now. But she's, it's so precious to her life. And uh, there's another lady gone to Mexico, another lady who'd been, who was compensated for the cervical cancer, and she's been treated in Mexico. And they're desperately holding on now uh, mm. because they, 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 life is sacred to them now. Mm. Also, the scene, you've often said this before, you said, you know people, and I know people, who were written off now in hospital. Yeah. Yeah. They were actually, there was no more to be done with them. And ten years later, they were still alive now. Well, I know it's happened. I know it's happened. But the whole thing about this is it's their choice at their time. So, like, you're saying Vicky Thielen is a fighter and I admire her so much. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I had an arm chopped off to save my life. I had a piece of lung taken away to save my life, to see my children grow up, to try growls with my husband. You, you know. You, sorry, Carol, you lost your arm, did you? Yes, right. So I, I completely understand the whole fight for life I have. Like, I gladly went, yeah, chop it off, go, let's go, let's do this. You know, it was like... I had chemotherapy, the tumour grew, I wasn't helping me, so it was like my next option is amputation. So I was like, right, let's do it, go, take it off. I'm fine with that. I'm still here to be with my kids, to be with my husband, to be with my family. So I get the fight for life, I genuinely do, I've had the fight you've for had, life. You've had the ultimate fight for life, so then I came you? back, so I had the fight for life again, just before Christmas this year. So, like, I get it, and I 100% get it. But I do think if it comes back and I'm terminal and I get really, really sick, I want to do it on my terms. It doesn't that mean your... that I'm not fighting for my life. Well, you're a very but... brave woman. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would be like to do, to deal with. We take our limbs for granted. We take our eyesight <laughs> and we take really our hearing <laughs> for granted. You know what I mean? And and I just have no idea what it would be like to literally lose your arm. As they say, lose your right arm. Isn't that the old cliche? I don't yeah. know. I can't imagine what that must be like. I'm alive, Niall, so I'm fine with that. 
I'm That's okay. Great. And I've often said, you know, I know I, maybe you say it at the time and I say to people, I, maybe you'll be up a ladder putting up lights for Christmas or something outside the house. And you say, if I fall off this ladder, just shoot me. I, whatever you tell, don't tell them to keep me alive <laughs> on a machine. I don't want to be in a wheelchair or, you, you know, the way people say things like that. Yes. But I suppose when you're in that position, Carol, the position you were in, literally, I'm afraid we have to remove your arm. You probably feel different about it then, do you? You really do. Like, I, we went away on holidays. I was given the news on a, a Thursday morning and we went away um, the next day. We were on a two-week holiday. Mm-hmm. And so I had plenty of time to think about it. And when I came back, it was like, right, we're going to partially amputate your hand. We're going to give you chemotherapy, blah, blah, blah. So my cancer is a really a rare one called sarcoma. So I was researching it and reading everything I could, and there's not good outcomes with it. Like the, yeah. the five-year survival rate, something like twenty-seven percent. So it's not great. Um. So I was reading, and the more I was reading, it was kind of like if it's going to come back, it'll tend to come back in the same spot. It's a one in two chance, and I was like, both chances are too high for me. Take it off. Take it all off. So I, I want to live. I want to live, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, I didn't, not, honestly, it didn't even really phase me. And I know that sounds ridiculous because you're losing a limb. But it was like, you know what, I'll, I'll adapt. And have you lost all your arm from, from your shoulder down? No, no, it's because it was in my hand. Okay. So it's from like mid forearm. So it's below my elbow. Okay. And is that your, is your right hand or your left me left hand and I'm right handed okay. so it was okay yeah okay. I didn't have to learn how to do everything again well, can I ask you a personal question I'm sorry I've gone a bit of a tangent yes, here now again because I'm just being really nosy and being really curious <laughs> if I'm being insensitive please tell me I'm being insensitive all no right. you're fine I'm fairly open to questions okay but do you, does because you know the way they talk about when you lose a limb it feels like it's still there because your brain thinks it's still there so if you're not looking at your at your arm where it's been cut off can you still feel your fingers can you still yeah. do you you can yeah not all the time. So, like, so you feel like you're good. moving your... You can actually move those those nerves, so it feels yeah, like you're can, moving yeah. your fingers. That's... So I got a robotic arm recently. Okay, brilliant. Wow. And yeah. the, the muscles that moves your fingers and, like, the, the nerves that move yeah. your fingers actually move this one. Right, okay. So, I so you're bionic. Is that what you're telling me, Carol? I am bionic now, yeah. <laughs> you're the bionic woman. So I I kept in practice for it because I knew I would eventually get it. I had to fundraise for it and stuff because it's fairly pricey. How much was so, it? How much was it? Uh, I mean, I mean really nosy now. I'm like, 44 grand. Oh, my. Yeah, and it's not covered by anything. No, well, it, but, it, it, isn't it amazing that it's not? it should be covered by things? There's people getting money for less than that. So it, it should be covered. I mean, we certainly should be able to cover things like that in this country considering the amount of money we waste in this country. Well, I was laughing because I was like, it's not like you get asked for that that often. <laughs> you yeah, know, know. And what did you do? A GoFundMe for it, was it? I did a GoFundMe for yeah, it. Well yeah. done. And well done to all the people who... Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the Irish are wonderful at these times. Oh, no, we're the going Irish to... are amazing. Yeah, we've gone yeah. off on a tangent again. Stay there, sorry, James. Stay there, Carol. And stay there um, as well, Paul, if you can. Mike, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mike? Oh, sorry, Mike. I need to turn you on. Not in the biblical sense, obviously. Uh, Mike. <laughs> sorry, Mike. Are you there? I'm, I think... Yeah, you've been waiting for long <laughs> enough now at this stage. Sorry, Mike. I, I, I've left you too long now. Sorry, but Mike, uh, go ahead. Uh, Niall? Yes. I used to be confused, but now I'm not so sure. Right, okay. You used um, to be what? Confused, but now you're not so I sure. I used to be confused, but now I'm not so sure. Oh, well, after the last 40 minutes, well, God knows what we were talking about there for the last 40 minutes. Uh, I think it was euthanasia. It was, yes. That's where we were going, yeah. yeah. Um, ooh. Now I'm lost. I, now I've lost my plot. 
Okay, but do you, would you agree with it? Should somebody else, like, a, should a person be allowed medical intervention to die with dignity? I do. I do. Okay. And few reasons. Well, I don't have that one, personally. Yeah. Um, but a good few friends of mine have have been quite ill. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of the same. Well, I'm a little bit older than you. Um. But, and I'm sorry, I'm half crying, but um, what I'm trying to say to you is, is it should be a choice um, whether you should be able to end your life on a good note rather than a bad note, rather than suffer so much. And I know... And are you, are you suffering? Mike, are you suffering? No, I'm not. Okay, all right. Okay. I'm just crying. I'm just... Why, what's, Just, um, what's wrong with you, Mike? Not, nothing. Okay. I'm glad I met a, uh, found a friend. Um, well, I'm uh, glad then, you found a friend, too. No, my, a friend went missing. Oh, oh, a friend of yours went missing? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Mike. No, 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 he's fine. He's oh, he, good. Oh, he's good? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you confused me completely now. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, but at the same time, it, it, it could... It could have been his choice to take his own life, right? Which is not good. No. Right? Absolutely not good. I don't agree with this. Um, it's a long, so, it's a long-term solution to a short-term problem. Always. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's always a better way. Yeah, I, I agree. There's always a better way. Absolutely. Um, he, the, the person went missing, and had a little bit of a problem. Okay. All right. A bit of a wobble. A bit of a wobble. Yeah. Wobble. Yeah. Okay. More than a problem, a wobble. Okay. Um, and the search went out, if you know what I mean. And we, his friends and and family went to go and try and find him as such. And everybody has a wobble, especially in this day and age. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, Niall. I'm trying to get there. No, you're okay. Take, take care. <laughs> I, I, actually, do me a favour, Mike. I have to go to a break, right? But okay. I don't want, and I don't want to rush you off the air because I feel like I'm going to rush you now. Gotcha. So, will you, will you wait? Anyway. Yeah, so. will, you, will you wait through the break? Absolutely. Okay, all right. And the rest of you two. All right, say that because I have to take the break otherwise I lose my well, job. I'm, I'm listening to you anyway. Yeah, because the advertising's paying me wages. So, <laughs> so stay there for a second. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number 87 188 I'll hear the end of Mike's story after the break because I'm intrigued now. Okay, Mike, we're back now. Hi, no, no, no. Okay, so Mike, a friend of yours, sing. Yeah, yeah. And the family and everybody went out looking, obviously. Well, that was a friend of mine. Okay, a friend okay. of yours, yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah, he went to a bit of a wobble, right? Okay. We, when, when he went missing for a little bit, we didn't think it was, you know, so different, but... Uh, he just went on a bit of a wobble, and that's not what I was trying to get at. Okay. It, it, it's to the euthanasia uh, subject. I want to. Okay, yeah, please. Address if you, if you, yeah, address that. Yeah, with you. Uh, um, my dad was a GP. Okay. Yep. And I'm I'm over the same age as you are. Right now, well, close, a little bit, a little bit more. Okay. And 
So I grew up with kind of that or area. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so, and this is, look, I'm 60, and so psychological problems weren't particularly to the fore. Right. At the time, like like you said, once upon a time, you used to go out uh, walking around in bare feet. Well, that wasn't me, that was Michal. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. So we were talking about one day during the day, yeah, yeah. But in the day, people listen I, very intently to this show, don't they? Yeah, that was a, that was me. Hall said that one day that he used to walk around in his bare feet. Go on. Oh, yeah. I did. I did too. Believe yeah. it or not. Well, but, right. But it, it wasn't double. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was, but, but 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 what I, I want to know, Mike, is I'm I'm sorry. Now now I am kind of cutting you a little bit short because obviously I'm being okay, pushed for time. No, no, no but but do you agree that if somebody is in pain or if somebody yeah. has a terminal illness, that yeah. a doctor should be allowed to intervene to end their life if they choose to. Well, the doctor's not going to do it. No, well, not currently at the moment they won't because that's illegal. No. But do you believe le- legally they should be allowed to intervene? Yeah. Well, again, like I, I mentioned to you that a good friend of mine went missing. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, got that. And and he's he's not aged, uh, as in he's a young fella. Yeah, I know, but, but but okay. So he had he has a few problems. And that's that's fine. Okay, so when I mentioned to you that my dad was a GP, a GP, yeah, mm. uh, he 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 didn't say that he wanted to do anything out of the way. No, no, that. no. I know, but it would be a different thing about it. Is Mike? I at the time now, currently, at the moment, there's no GP in the country who would want to do that to anybody. But when times change and we progress and we move on to a situation where that becomes legal, if indeed it becomes legal, well, then doctors would have obviously change as well. They're at, some of them would change their attitudes. Now they would have obviously allowed to have their own conscience and decide what they want to do themselves. But do you believe a doctor should be allowed to help somebody to die if they want to die? Oh, well, I don't think you would find. Too many doctors in the country that that could. Oh, you'd be do surprised. That. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I do. Well, but let me ask. Sorry, James. That because I have to. I have a load of people want to come on here as well. James, do you think that there be, there would be doctors in this country who would be quite willing to provide you know the tablets or whatever it happens to be if indeed we allowed you know uh, assisted death? Well, I hope now they'll be allowed to opt out if they want to. I hope. I hope they won't be forced into it. Uh, that'll be the important thing. Also, the one thing I worry about now is when people become ill, it nearly always happens if they become ill and they've had a t- tough treatment, they can actually s- become depressed now. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It's the danger. And depression is very hard to see. Even doctors find it hard to see sometimes in people now. They, people can keep up a front, but they're actually depressed and they'll make a decision which they normally wouldn't make if they hadn't been that down now. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, by the way. have to be taken into consideration. I would completely agree with you if indeed it was a case this legislation went through. I would I would expect that, the, you know, we would allow, similar to abortion, uh, that doctors would be allowed to use their own conscience and decide if that's what they wanted to do and if not pass them on to somebody else. Carol, I would assume that you would you would be in favour of that as well if indeed this legislation went Oh, definitely, went through. yeah. Like, I would imagine probably it would be the palliative care team who would probably would be the one who would that. do it. Yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. your average GP. Yeah, and I think if a GP decided that they couldn't, in all good conscience themselves, do it, they shouldn't have to do it. I don't think they should be forced into accepting that either, because it is a death at the end of the day that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I don't think anybody should be forced to do it, but I do think that they we should be allowed to do it. Yeah. Okay, but well, stay there. Mary, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mary, on Ireland's Classic Kids? 
Hi, Niall. How's it going? Mary, I mean, you watched your mum die. And by the way, I suppose most of us at some point in our lives have watched somebody die, which is a heartbreaking thing to do, by the way. It's happened to me on a couple of occasions with different people. Uh, And it is, you you want to almost jump in and help them. And there's there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Yeah, and you feel so helpless. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, My mum was diagnosed with dementia and Niall from everything I hear you talk about in the past, you know, with the banter of the parents and the skits you'd have years ago, our home was very much like that. Yeah. And Mam was a very funny character, but all of a sudden we noticed Mam would bang out apple tarts to feed the band, and then all of a sudden you go to the house and you could see the flour and the butter and the everything was mounted on top of each other and she cut in the cognitive type of her brain was gone. Okay. And that's when we kind of detected this and we said to Dad, and Dad would laugh now being limber people, Dad would say, yeah, sure, she only so went by to one She's just forgotten to do it, yeah. yeah. She only went to one day a week school, she's grand. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And we still went, and that's the only thing that got us through it, actually. Was In the old days, we'd say something like, ah, she's losing our marbles. Yeah, and that, that, that's the way it is. You know what, Niall, actually, yeah. now that it, we used to say that for years, and it's yeah. one term now that really gets my back up because it's, so, it's such a sad term to you. But you know, we, but, but it, when, when you think about it, when we go back in time, and they think more people nowadays have dementia. They don't. It's just that we diagnose it better nowadays. And they don't. And yeah, yeah. But but years ago, anyway. there was nothing wrong with that. In a sense, years ago, we just didn't know any better. We just didn't know. Yeah. And as Dad said himself, Dad said, "Ah, sure." Years ago, we'd say she's gone back to her dotage. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he used all these terms. Mm-hmm. But anyway, as, as time progressed, we could see Mam more and more. And and when I sat with her as a daughter, and I would say, you know, hi, Mam. You know, I'm here with you today. I'm going to make a bit of lunch, and you're a lovely girl. And, yeah. oh, I think I know your mother. She's very familiar to me. Where's your mother from? I mm. think I know her. And and instead of a lot of people that I know that have dementia, um, I can't use the turn of phrase correctly. It kind of annoys me in the sense of don't correct them. Go along with them. Go into their world. It must be very hard. It must be very hard not to correct them. The neurotransmitters in their brains have been so affected that you no longer, you can't say, no, that there isn't a cat there, there isn't a child there, or you didn't see that. Just go, if there's cat, they say there's a cat in front of them, oh, lovely, isn't that a lovely cat? You're not I often wonder, by the way, I'm a very curious person, but I often wonder, as I did with Carol earlier on there, and I think Carol probably thinks I'm extremely nosy, but, but I often wonder with dementia, do, when, you know, your mum was sitting there and you went mm. in and, and she said, I think I know your mum, right? Mm. And obviously her being your mum. I'm wondering in their own head, are they thinking perfectly sane, but unfortunately can't express it anymore? I've lost the ability to express it. Well, I because she used to call me the hefty girl with a good sense of humour. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The hefty girl with a good sense of humour. By the way, that's what my mother used to call uh, larger women. Oh, she's the hefty one, isn't she? Hefty, (laughs) that's an old word. I haven't heard that word in years. The fat girl has a lovely sense of humour. I used to come out going, Jesus, leave your flicking sense of humour. But but here's the thing, right? If we did bring in assisted dying, it would never be for people who have dementia because people who have dementia are not of sound mind and they could never make that decision. So that decision would have to be made long before then. Absolutely. And that's why I rang tonight because in previous conversations that I had with my mother... She would often say to me, she'd walk on the end of the road and there's a place in Limerick called St. Camillus's where a lot of dementia patients go. And she met a particular girl one day who was going in to visit both her parents. And Mam said to me, my God, my heart is broken after meeting such and such. 
do you know that she's gone in there to see her mother? She doesn't know her. Her dad's in there. He doesn't know her. And they don't bloody know each other. That's so cruel and wrong. You and know, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but I had a mate, a mate of mine, a good friend of mine, both his parents got dementia. And he lived only a couple of doors down, so he looked after them for many years. But he used to go into them every day. And he, like, he'd be in stitches telling me this, right? And, yeah. and it was funny to listen to, but sad in another way. But he would yeah. say, he would go in and introduce them to each other every morning. Yeah. And he'd yeah. go, you know, with Johnny, let's say, this is your wife. And he'd go, really? And he'd go, and he'd go yeah, this is your husband. She says, no. And yeah, he's like, so he'd have to keep introducing them to each other. Because she would say to him, there's a strange man upstairs in the bed. He says, that's your husband. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, eventually, it got to a point. As much as there's humour in it, Niall, it's now, very daunting for the person. It is. Now, eventually, they both ended no. up in separate nursing homes, um, yeah, which was very sad. And they it passed is. They passed I away. Wish we, I wish we got to say to Mum, what would you, would, would you, you know, if there was an option of euthanasia? Now, I still don't think, as much as I would personally think I'd opt for it, I don't think I would have done it because Mum's religious beliefs and her faith is so strong. Mm-hmm. I think she would have battled on to the and, end. And, anyway. and I don't believe and I hope we never, ever have legislation that allows that to happen to people who are not of sound mind. Because that, yeah. that indeed would be murder. Yeah, exactly. And I in, think it has in, to be consenting. Age, yeah. In the day and age that we're in now where like everybody wants to be offended or you can't mm-hmm. do the wrong thing mm-hmm. or the right thing. When mom had dementia, we had a grandchild that mom didn't know about came out as battling with sexuality and she became out to be a lesbian and we all laughed as a family one day because I kissed the face off mom in the nursing home and I said I love you Betty I love you so much and she said get off me I'm not a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> you know the humour is still there okay but get, let me add, sorry James just to come back to you on that 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 seems to be the fear of a lot of people that if we allow assisted uh, dying or euthanasia or assisted suicide whichever word you want to use for it that eventually, you know, the laws would change and we all know that laws change. Uh, once we allow it in, the laws would be skewed and changed to allow people who maybe couldn't consent to it. That you would have daughters and sons saying, ah, sure, look, God love her. You know, she doesn't even know where she is. She'd be better off dead. Is, is, that a, is that a fear, genuine fear that people have? Well, now, it's 30 years ago when I was a young man or maybe 40 years ago and if someone came up to me and they said, James, you live long enough to see 66% of the electorate voting to take away the right to life in the unborn. So anything is possible now. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Carol, yeah. It, 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 obviously you're in favour of it, but that is yeah. a fear by many people that once you allow legislation in, you know, legislation changes, it gets diluted as the years yeah. go on, as we progress as a society. And, you know, the, the, what Mary is saying is, OK, she watched her mum die with dementia. And some people would say, well, sure, maybe I, I could make that decision for me, ma'am. God bless her. You know, she's not well. She doesn't know where she is. She's better off well, like, So my mom is 65 and she would often say to us, there's, like I have two sisters, I'm the youngest in my house. And mm. she would often say to us, if I was to get Alzheimer's or dementia, I don't want to live. I don't want yeah. to get to a point where I don't remember you. I don't know the grandkids. I don't know the great grandkids. So I, and I feel I, the I same way. I don't think I should make that decision for her, but I think maybe if there was, you know, the way you can do a DNR. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think I agree. Maybe if there was a like when you get to say sort of sixty or whatever, if there was a DNR, I wouldn't for, do a DNR. You know, if you're complimentous and you can, yeah, maybe. while yeah. you're okay, if you went to your GP and said, 
when I get to a point, if I ever get dementia, that I'm starting to not remember my children, then I want assisted suicide. Who was, I, who was the like, famous yeah, author that was on the Late Late Show that said this going back about 10 years ago? I think, I don't know if he's still with us. Ashling will check. Geoffrey Archer, not Geoffrey Archer. Who was it? No, it wasn't Geoffrey Archer. The famous author who got Parkinson's. I think he got Parkinson's. He'd, now, the very early stages, he was on the Late Late Show. And he was diagnosed and he said that he had already written a living will, so to speak, to say that if he got to a point where he didn't know where he was or didn't have he wasn't going with medicine he was to be brought to Switzerland to Dignitas yeah but Niall he's yeah, the I, famous author we're talking about people who are mothers and fathers of, like in Ireland mm. who just no, that, no I think no, no, I'm just saying about the point that Carol is making you know what I mean though yeah. but you know what I mean I think man with the type of asher it is what it is and we'll have to get on with it and we do what we do and mm. that, that, that was a lovely element to it too which is it's tragic but very sad like, and romantic to an extent that's something my mother really, really, really fears is that she will get dementia and not remember. Well, that's, you don't want it to fear of mine too because my the favorite, second most favorite part of my body is my brain. I won't tell <laughs> yeah. you what the, I don't tell you the favorite part. But the the but second no, most I, favorite part of my body is my brain. This story before I go. Yeah. Before mom was diagnosed with dementia, I had went through a very um, a difficult breakup and I had two kids, you know. So yeah. I finally got away and I got a house on my own and mom stood on the landing of the new house and she put her arm around me at the top of the stairs and said, oh, Jesus, Mary, this is brilliant. You're going to be able to go to bed at night and have peace of mind and stand strong in, you know, in your yeah. own person. And I just thought, like, how ironic was that? Yeah. That, that I couldn't say, but I didn't know. To be, to be fair, before she died, I did whisper into her ear, I did it, Mom. I'm still on my own. I got rid of him. Yeah, the, he- the hefty one. The hefty one is still on her own. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, James, is your brain... I mean, James, you're in good stead. You're in good health your age, aren't you? Well, yes, I, I have to have been very lucky now. Well, you ha- well, no, I, well, not very lucky. I mean, a lot of people of your age would be in good health. Well, I, but I, but I, you're I in born, very good mental health. Just to be born in cock was enough luck anyway, though. I mean, I listen, I'm, I'm very envious of you. Uh, in some sense, that I, when I get to your age, I want to be as intelligent as you are at your oh, age. Lord, man, I, 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 you have a lot more intelligence. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, me. I want to be copus mentis and I want to be just as intelligent as I am now when I'm 70, like you are. And I'm sure your intelligence hasn't waned. And I listen to Joan, for example, who's a regular caller oh, to the yes. show. Joan, Joan is in her 80s. Not. And Jeepers Creepers, she talks like somebody in her 30s. Yes. Yeah, so I, I want to be like that. I'm very jealous of both of you in that respect. Well, one thing I will do now if I'm going to palliative care, right? Yeah. As you know, everyone goes to hospital with their bottles of 7-Up. I'll be carrying a lot of them now, and they'll be well laid. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> I won't be feeling any pain. I won't even... I'll come and see you, James. Now. I'll come and see you. <laughs> so I can assure you. James, you need, you need to write... It now, James, now, this is really morbid. But James, I don't ever want to see you go. You said to me the last time you were on the air, I've had my time, mm-hmm. I don't mind going and all that kind of stuff. And that, that makes me very sad to hear you say that because you're one of my favourite callers. But well, James, you, I want you to go and adjust your will. And I want you to put in your will that Mary. if anything happens, no, not Mary, if anything <laughs> happens, <laughs> that you have to contact Niall Boyle and let him know. All right? Right. Okay, I just want that in your will. That's all I want. I don't want any of your money around like that. I just want them, I want them to let me know. Well, see, Nala, I have high hopes that even when I go, I'll still be able to ring you. <laughs> but James, if you, you know, if all your dreams come true about Jesus Christ and God and everything else, well, you should be able to appear here in the studio okay. at some point. Well, I, if I do, I hope Ashley will give my call priority now. Sorry, Mary, what did you say? 
I said, appear to him on the landing, James, and frighten the absolute shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be lying in bed some night and all here. Hello, Niall, how are you? <laughs> because, you know, when James comes on the air, there's one or two people who text in and they start having bets in work as to how many times James will use the word Niall. Because in fairness to James, he's such a polite man. He refers to me by my name and my title You're all the time. That's, that's so chivalrous. Yeah. Listen, thank you, Carol. Wonderful talking to you, by the way. No problem. And thank, uh, and thank you very much for giving us all that information. We were chatting during the break, myself and Ashling and Ruth, by the way, because Ashling and Ruth weren't really aware of that. Well, Ashling mentioned Phantom that phantom feeling of having a limb if a limb had been removed and Ruth hadn't heard yeah. of that at all and they were kind of mesmerised by this whole thing and I think it's phantom really Phantom itch int- is the worst though So phantom itch Itch <gasps> So you, get, you itch. get an itch in a part of a body yeah. that doesn't exist anymore Yes and like you have to visualise How do you scratch, scratch that itch? You don't, crazy, you, don't. Yeah. you just yeah. go to bed <laughs> <laughs> So you have to visualise the limb and visualise yeah. yourself scratching it to send a message to your brain that you you've scratched actually it actually scratch it with your other hand Right. And sometimes that does help, like it alleviates it a little bit, but right. sometimes you just need to go to bed and pray and stuff. And, and, oh, by the way, just to mention, by the way, the author I was talking about was Terry Pratchett. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he passed away naturally in his home from Alzheimer's in 2015. But I do remember when he was on The Late Late Show about 20 years ago uh, with Pat Kenny at the time and he said that he had signed a living will to say that he was to be brought to Switzerland. He obviously didn't get brought to Switzerland in the end. Anyway. And Niall, can I just say one thing before you go? Yeah, um, I'm not going anywhere, but go on. Oh, sorry. You're going. Talking about dementia and Alzheimer's, um, there's a huge misconception around how like cognitively cognitively the, bla- the brain dies off and all the front lobal and the cortex and the hippocampus and that's all fine technically but when you absolutely sit with somebody who has dementia there is no doubt whatever religion you are there is a soul in somebody that still, that still can there's still a glint in their eye oh there's a glint ah. there's a wink in the eye there's a tip of a finger there's a little tiny smile that's letting you know they still know what you're talking about it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's and, incredible. And I, I, I remember, I remember speaking to a woman with dementia that I knew many years ago, and she, she was at the final stages of the dementia. She knew nobody; she didn't know any of her own family, but she still sounded perfectly sane. And I don't mean that yeah. in a disrespectful manner, but she, she just had a completely different view of the world. Yeah. And yeah. she started talking to us about, um, who was it? Billy, not Billy, Buddy Holly. She told us that Buddy Holly had been in the night before or something like that, and that he had had died in the bed beside her. And she was keeping it all hush-hush. The nurses didn't know about it. And this this amazing, this unbelievably concocted story (laughs) that was completely untrue, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but she believed it. And and I remember kind of going along with it, thinking, this is just intriguing. And I went along and said, really? And she went, yeah, nobody knows. Shh, don't agree. Yeah, because people... And calling me over, whispering. People have a tendency to passively treat them like children. And it's very... Um, yeah, no, I didn't. I, I played along, and I did. I, and she called me over, and she whispered in me, she said, no, don't tell anybody. The nurses don't know. But I was talking to him for ages last night before he died. And I went, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And she was convinced Buddy Holly was in... Now, she obviously, in some part of her subconscious mind, she obviously was a bit of a fan of Buddy Holly maybe many, many years ago, and this is why it was maybe come into her, her, her mind. Sorry, James, you want yeah. to say something before you oh, end? No, there? no, I was just going to say, uh, for this pain in your leg now, if it persists... I have a lot of pains from, from time to time. I find that stuff, what is it called? Uh, Valterol. Valterol. It's not... Uh, yeah, James, it's not a pain. I, it's not... Because Karen was asking me earlier on, my partner, she was asking me, like, she's... 
worried sick about me all the time. But she was asking me, like, is it a pain? I said, no, it's not sore at all. It actually just feels like I'm sitting on a heat pad. Right. But James is right to use Volterol in racehorses. I'm not a racehorse, Mary. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing any furlongs before... <laughs> I'm not doing any furlongs before the night is over. By the way, because I'm not going to get time really to do that. I'm not going to get time to the next topic. So I just, I'll ask you all this, right? Just very quickly before the three years go, right? Yeah. James, do you believe in luck or do you believe we make our own luck and make our own destiny? Well, I, I, as I said too, I you might have missed it now. I'm already the luckiest man in the world because I was born in Cork. Nah. Oh yeah, well, according to the research, by the way, um, 77% believe uh, believing people from Cork are the luckiest, followed by 67% in Dublin and me, the 50, 50%. I think the lowest was Leitrim. I'm joking. But sorry, about well, the people of Leitrim, I apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure my fellow Corkmen, if they're listening, John O'Donovan and Anthony, Anthony will concur with me now. So you think Cork people are the luckiest people, so you would agree. But do you agree with luck, or do you make your own luck, James? No, I think I, I can personally say, sorry guys for over-talking over talking um, I'm not cocky, but I'm a very nice person and a very good person, and I've got nothing but shit luck for most of my life. So I'm hoping it changes with age. <laughs> right, okay. Carol, do you believe in luck? You've Well, you haven't had a good run of luck, to be honest well, with you. I actually do believe in luck, like... In my household, my husband and my daughter are incredibly lucky and they win stuff all the time. What do they win? My husband um, works for Dublin Bus and they used to do a raffle every year and every single year he brought something home. Right, okay. Year. Yeah. And like, you know if you get scratch cards and you might let the kids scratch when you have to know the legal right, but we won't go there. Um, like my daughter always wins. Always. And yeah. me and my son would never, we wouldn't win anything. I've never won ever. a bob on a scratch card. <laughs> like, I never think a bob. I've ever won was like 20 euro. No, I've wasted but, the, the, the 10 cent scratchiness. That's, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I've yeah. never won anything. And, and the lottery, I might have spent, I do it maybe, you know when it's a big one, like 180 million of the euro millions or something like that. Yeah. Right? And I'll spend 15 quid and I'll win a fiver. Like yeah. that's just my luck. I just yeah. I have never won anything in my life. I will be the only luck I've ever had in my life was meeting Karen. Aww. What about your children now? Oh well, no, well of course. Then my children were the best thing to happen to me in my life. But my, my I'm talking about you know obviously. Oh, Niall, you're going over that fence tonight after that comment. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, she's the most amazing, <laughs> wonderful woman in the world. <laughs> my children are the most beautiful and wonderful people. By the way, that goes without saying. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. You were great parents now. Uh, I yeah. I had a great mother, mother and father who raised me. Yeah. Yeah. I am. They did. They did a good job. They did a and good that's job. That's how I feel. And speaking about my, my mother with dementia, and she was just absolutely amazing. And I saw my father's heartbreak for her to know, for her to not know who he was. Mm-hmm. And then within a few months, he got diagnosed with cancer, and they both died within four months of each other. Oh. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, so it's pretty. No, we just said, listen, yeah. man, he's so needy. He, could, he couldn't well, do what without her. I have a brilliant producer. What more than I want? Absolutely. We'll have two of them out there. There's, yeah, there's Ruth, is my sister producer and researcher at Ashling. And Helena before that, who's ventured off and she's a traitor now. She works for News Talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we wish her well, don't oh, yeah. we, Ashling? See, she's just not saying anything. No, we do wish her well. She's just not. <laughs> listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate all of you coming on the air tonight. Thank not you very much for sharing your you stories. Thank you so much. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.